Hi, and welcome to the Wellness Mama podcast, where I provide simple answers for healthier families. Did you know that men and women who sit for more than 23 hours a week are 64% more likely to die from heart disease? And 30 minutes to an hour of daily exercise is not even enough to counteract the negative effects of prolonged sitting. In fact, today's guests, Chad and Brenda, who are doctors of physical therapy and health and wellness coaches, are here to talk about just that, about sitting and the negative effects it can have on us and also how to counteract that. So Chad and Brenda, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having us, Katie. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Yeah, to start off, I would love to know, how did you guys get into this area of specialty? And is there a personal story there? Or is it something you saw in a lot of clients? Or how did you come to start researching this? Well, it's something that we see in our practice a lot. So you mentioned that we're, you know, we're both physical therapists, and uh, we spend a lot of time uh, treating people with spine issues. So herniated disc and bulging disc, and you know, headaches, shoulder pain, hip pain, and all that. And, uh, you know, it was interesting. We started seeing a pattern there. The people that weren't, they weren't coming to us because they got in some car accident or some traumatic injury. It was really that they were just sitting all the time. So we started noticing that a lot in a lot of our clients. And then uh, in just in the blogosphere lately, like the past like three years, we're hearing this whole like, you know, uh, sitting is the new smoking, sitting contributes, like you said, heart disease and cancer and all these big issues. And we looked a little closer into those articles and kind of what they were saying as far as solutions or suggestions around the topic. And we felt that there was a lot more to the issue that wasn't being addressed because mostly it was about kind of like get get up and just start moving around. And that's definitely part of the issue. But we we as physical therapists see a whole lot, whole lot of things going on. We saw an opportunity to really share that. So that's what it was all about. Yeah, I definitely agree. I've seen those articles too. And um, a lot of them, they, they seem to really bring out the problems with sitting, but they don't really give you some good solutions. So I'm glad we're going to talk about that today. And I know one thing you talk about in your book is that chronic sitting is a blind spot for a lot of people. So what do you mean by that? And and how, like, how do you explain that? Yeah, so when we think of blind spot, I think most people will think about when they're, you know, when they're driving down the road and they look in their rear view mirror or their, or their side mirror, there's an area where they can't quite see. So there's something there that they don't, it could be something there, but they don't know it's there. It's essentially something that you don't know that you don't know. And what's really cool about, you know, this, the, especially the past like five years is that we're, as a culture, and, and especially in the health field, is we're uncovering all these blind spots. You know, we're, we're noticing things around nutrition. We used to think that uh, saturated fat was bad and red meat was bad and and grains were healthy and now we're we're sort of realizing that uh, you know if we eat more according to what we're designed to eat a lot of these issues go away and then sort of presents this whole equation that you know, there's this big health formula out there uh, that's about eating and moving and, and you know stress levels and digestion and, and you know less toxicity in the home but there's this other component to it that not a lot of people understand or see because we've all been doing it and it's sitting and we've been doing it since we're children. As soon as we're, we're brought up and five, six years old, we're put behind a desk and we're told to sit still. And we stay there from all through school and we start working there and we live there. And, and over time, it affects us in many, many different ways, uh, physiologically, emotionally, um, and it contributes a lot of the pain that we're having. So it's something that we just want to bring more awareness to and give some people some tools to help out. Yeah, absolutely. And let's delve into that a little bit more specifically. So what are the problems and issues that you guys have specifically identified that can be associated with sitting too much? Yeah. So, you know, as physical therapists, this is something that was, has been, um, definitely, you know, as a big part of our practice is seeing people that are experiencing acute and chronic pain 
due to chronic, due to sitting. And so most, most people have experienced that where they sit, you know, they're cranking out something on the computer for, you know, six hours or they're at work all day and they just, their neck hurts, their back hurts. Um, that is pretty common. People really resonate and understand that. Um, the second thing is a decline in functional mobility. So what that means is, you know, we have had also the experience working with the elderly population. So we see people, we've seen, you know, younger to, to middle-aged to the elderly kind of as, you know, they go through this life, how things change for them and how they um, sort of, a lot of them decline in their ability to move. And so this posture, you know, most you can kind of picture this slumped, you know, forward head, rounded shoulder posture, what it creates is, you know, a lot of uh, what people don't realize is a flexed spine creates loss of mobility in the shoulders. We have a lot of patients that can't even reach up into overhead cabinets or to touch their head any longer. Um, And then, you know, the center of gravity begins to move forward and people begin to lose their balance and they have to start using walkers and canes at a much earlier age than they would like to. So a decline in function And then um, the third one is development of chronic disease conditions. So Katie, you mentioned, you know, there was a link to chronic sitting and heart disease, but um, which is huge because that's one of the biggest killers that we have um, going on in this country. And so the other um, other issues associated with chronic sitting. And when I say that, I mean, six, about six to eight hours a day. Is, was what we're kind of looking at as far as chronic sitting. And so it's associated with an increased risk of obesity, heart disease, like we mentioned, and type 2 diabetes and cancer. So all really, really devastating chronic disease conditions. Um, and the fourth one being increase in mortality risk, so dying at an earlier age. And um, the fifth main problem associated with chronic sitting is it can negatively impact our emotions, behaviors, and hormone levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what I think is most fascinating. If anybody has checked out the Amy Cuddy talk, uh, the TED talk, it's it's amazing. Um, she talks about how your body language affects uh, hormones like testosterone and cortisol, and it affects how others perceive you, and that gets reflected back to you in terms of how you see yourself. So it's 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 just fascinating stuff that you can put yourself in a better position in a more upright posture, and she calls them positions of, of power, and uh, it'll it'll make testosterone levels go up and cortisol levels go down. And if you kind of get in that slump position, she calls them powerless positions, you see the inverse effect. So a lot of things going on uh, with our bodies that, that we're just, just beginning to figure out. And it's, it's really fascinating stuff. Yeah, definitely. And I know everything I've seen up to this point is this, the proposed solutions to too much sitting is things like interval walking or taking a break and running up and down the stairs or just getting a standing desk or that we just need to improve our posture. Um, I know the idea of having um, like a bouncy ball for a chair, like a yoga ball for a chair was a popular idea too. Um, but you guys actually write a lot about this. So talk about why that those are all maybe good things to do, but why they're not enough and what else you are supposed to do. Yeah, so um, a lot of the, the things you mentioned we want to emphasize, those are all great uh, great solutions and great things to incorporate into your, your daily sitting routine is, you know, getting up and walking, using a standing desk. All those are good things, and that, but we feel like um, to address the entirety of the problem, you know, all those five things that we mentioned earlier, that those aren't enough. And what I mean by that is, you know, there's two main issues that we 
feel that need to be addressed here, and that's the issue of stagnation and adaptation. So the first one, stagnation, a lot of those solutions will, will remedy that. So when I say stagnation, I'm meaning problem being we're not moving. We're sitting there for six to eight hours and we are, are just not getting up and not moving. And so a lot of the, the research around chronic disease and mortality is associated with a problem of stagnation is that physiological changes are occurring in our body because we're not moving. So things like um, you know, triglyceride, negatively impacting triglycerides, blood pressure, um, you know, fat-burning enzyme, um, skeletal muscle lipoprotein, lipase. Um, lots of different biomarkers are negatively affected from stagnation, um, cholesterol, things like that. So, um, so that's one of the big factors. That, and the other issue is the issue of adaptation, which a lot of these solutions aren't covering. And so... Um, you want to, yeah, adaptation, you know, when we hear adaptation, a lot of people think of it as a good thing. You know, like if I go to the gym and I start lifting weights, my muscles will get strong, my bones will get more dense. Uh, but it can also have the, the opposite effect. So if, you know, for instance, if I go in outer space where there's no gravity, the, my muscles get weak and my bones will get weak. Uh, but so our bodies will, will start changing according to the stress that it's getting from its environment. And when we're sitting all the time and kind of what we call living in a flexion-based society, where we're always kind of bending forward, texting on our phones, driving in our cars, sitting on the couch, our bodies get adapted to that position because we're never living in that upright posture that we're supposed to have. Um, so certain tissues are going to get really tight and then certain, certain tissues are going to get really elongated and weak. So that gives you a, a framework to look on. So when we were coming up with a solution, we had those two, two uh, obstacles in mind of adaptation and stagnation. And how can we come up with something that addresses both these issues and, and looks at what we need to improve on? Yeah. So what, what is the solution and what is, how do you um, propose to fix the problems that you just mentioned with sitting too much? Yeah, so, you know, we've created this program we call the Sitting Solution. And, you know, this, also based on research, we've, we're looking at, you know, basically moving, getting up and moving every 30, 30 to 45 minutes um, to break up that stagnation for a period of two to four minute intervals. And so that, you know, that's addressing the issue of stagnation. And so the other piece is that adaptation. So in that two to four minutes, we're going to be moving in specific and purposeful directions. So Chad mentioned, you know, muscles are getting weak, muscle, certain muscles will get um, uh, tight, and certain muscles will, um, and certain joints will get restricted. And so, you know, based on our expertise and what we see, we, we know the pattern of that, you know, that slumped position. We know what muscles need to be stretched, what muscles need to be strengthened. So we basically, you know, address the stagnation piece by moving, <clears throat> every 30 to 45 minutes for a period of two to four minutes and then moving in specific directions so that we can counterbalance, counteract the negative consequences and forces that occur when you're sitting for prolonged periods of time. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. That makes sense to, because like you mentioned, the majority of solutions offered just fix the problem of being stagnant and not moving. Um, right. But it makes sense how you would need to balance the muscles. And I know I've done some training with different trainers who focused on functional movements and um, mm -hmm. making sure the body was moving correctly in both directions and that that's a big problem. And I know it was a problem for me is that because of sitting both nursing babies or with my job, um, some muscles were tight in places they weren't supposed to be and they were long in places they weren't supposed to be. So that's great that you guys address both sides of that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's super important when we're in terms of the, the adaptation piece in, in terms of, um, you know, experiencing pain and loss of function. So just a little bit, we talk about, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, like just a little bit of intentional, purposeful movement um, and knowing exactly how to move and, and what particular way to move can pay off in divot, like hugely in terms of, you know, headaches, pain and just optimizing function as you age. Um, we all want to be, you know, vibrant and healthy, you know, as we get older and it, we, it's definitely possible just, but, you know, just a little bit of knowing what to do and, and actually doing it. So we created this wonderful program, but we always say we want to empower people to take an active role in their health. We've created this, you know, this program and, you, you know, you guys actually have to go out and do it. <laughs> <laughs> you actually have to implement it for it to pay off. But um, it's definitely been a huge, you know, it's hugely helpful for us, just the knowledge that we've had. I used to have chronic headaches in like gra- in graduate school and um, in college, actually, before I became a physical therapist. And I was on Vioxx, which is now off the market, um, which is scary. And um, so chronic headaches, you know, studying all the time, wearing backpacks. And I just had so many muscle imbalances and I was covering it up with pills and, you know, it's just so empowering to know now, hey, just a little bit, just doing a little bit of work, you know, a few times throughout the day. I don't struggle with those headaches. I'm not on, on meds anymore. And we see the vicious cycle of what can happen when you have a pain and you start to cover it up with medication and, you know, leading to other, you know, addictions to pain meds, side effects, you know, taking medications for the side effects of those meds and surgeries. And, you know, we see those patients. So we try to really emphasize that, you know, it's so much easier to prevent a a disease or, or an ailment than it is to cure it. And so the, this is an amazing preventative program for people. Yeah, I love that. I remember when I used to work one-on-one with clients on nutrition and some of them would hit kind of a plateau and we'd go back and look at their their dietary journals and they actually weren't doing all the stuff that they knew they were supposed to be doing and that in their head they said they were doing but it was like right. you do actually have to eat the vegetables you know for <laughs> to work you yep. actually have to do it you can't just think about it <laughs> <laughs> that would be great yes. though if we could figure that one out but yeah I you actually have to do it um so what are some of the most important things to address then in terms of avoiding the negative consequences of sitting can we take it to like a practical level of what do we actually need to do then yeah, absolutely. So let's kind of, if you can imagine that sitting position, right? That's the slumped kind of poor puppy dog posture. Oh, woe is me sitting on the, in the computer, right? Let's think about the spine first, because when you fix the spine, you sort of fix everything else. And we're supposed to have these nice upright, people call them S-shaped spines. And we sort of live in a world where we have more of a C-shaped spine. So if we go from the top of the spine, kind of down to the bottom, we spend a lot of time with our neck protruding forward, right? One vertebrae over the other, always protruding forward closer to that thing we're always looking at. And what we want to do in that area is start retracting that back, right? So we do a lot of things with uh, we call chin retractions or chin tucks in order to get people to mobilize those joints in the vertebrae to start moving in the other direction. And then with a the thoracic spine, that's the mid-back. You're going to think right below the neck going all the way down to the top of the low back. That's, uh, that's an area where we're always bending forward and never bending back enough. So we call that the one thing of the spine. Like if you want to, if you want to address one thing with your posture that sort of fixes everything else and makes fixing everything else easier, it's the thoracic spine. So 
that's always bending forward. We want to bend that back. And around that whole upper segment, our pecs are getting tight, specifically our pec minor, pec major. The front part of the shoulder is getting very tight, and that draws the tissue forward. The muscles uh, in the middle of the back and the, and the uh, lower part of the trapezius get very elongated and weak. Our, our uh, rotator cuff muscles get very elongated and weak, and that's why we have a lot of uh, specifically women, actually, I see a lot of women getting rotator cuff injuries and they're just typing away on the computer. So those are areas that while you're sitting or while you're working or really just for general physical health, you want to spend a lot of time strengthening up those muscles in order to keep an upright posture. And some areas of weakness that we experience are the core, the glutes, and the low back and the hamstrings, all areas where we get incredibly weak because we're sitting all the time and not activating these muscles. So it's, it's because we don't know how to activate these muscles that we start to develop poor movement patterns. So people um, start picking things up with a rounded back or they, they squat with a rounded back and they, they just do not know how to activate those muscles. So it's important to choose activities where you, you force those muscles to turn on and you can relearn those patterns and uh, you know start moving correctly. And the other issue is the front part of the hip. People have extremely tight hip flexors. So hip flexors is a, is a group of muscles but attaches to uh, the lumbar spine, it kind of comes in on your femur there. And when that's tight, that causes a tilt in your pelvis. So we encourage a lot of activity where you can open up the hips and stretch out the hip flexor. And then going all the way down is the ankles. So we have terrible ankle health in this country because we've been wearing cushion shoes and high heel shoes. And uh, we're never putting our feet in a position where it's truly expressing the full range of motion. We're not interacting with the ground. Our feet are getting weak. They're getting very, uh, very tight. And it's causing a lot of people to have plantar fasciitis. Uh, and they just lose proprioception with the, the grounds. So they start losing uh, balance um, because of that. So we encourage people to wear more flats, do a lot of things to open up the ankle, stretch out the gastrox and the soleus, the Achilles, and loosen up a lot of that tissue and, and encourage barefoot walking as much as we can, or at least walking in flats. Um, so those are the kind of general principles. And what we do is we choose movements that sort of do all of that, which we're looking for movements that have kind of the biggest bang for their buck, right? So we can make things quick and effective and get in and out and kind of go on with your life. Yeah, I know. Um, I've, I sit at a computer a decent amount, although usually I stand at my desk now, but, um, for me, I noticed a big problem is I've been nursing a baby for a lot of the last decade. And just that, I mean, you have to hold the baby while you're nursing them. So that position of leaning forward, I always get the tension in my shoulders and my neck and my upper back from doing that. And so um, I'd love to, for you guys to delve in and explain some of the exercises that you um, usually talk about to help reverse these things. And then how do you turn those into a program that also addresses sitting and, and all of these things? Yeah, so that's just another activity, um, you know, that causes sort of that flexion and then even you know side bending to the to the side because you know you're nursing on one side or the other <laughs> um so you know you're getting especially if you're doing it consistently um the same time the same way you're gonna have you know the same thing occurring you're getting muscles that are elongated and weak and muscles that get tight and so you know specifically for that and similar to sitting you know, things like doing the thoracic extension exercise right after your nursing. So um, I'll go ahead and explain what that looks like. It's a simple exercise. So it's putting your feet flat on the ground in the chair and then sitting upright all the way, um, you know, reaching your spine long and keeping your chin, you know, gently tucked in. So you want this nice upright posture. And then you'll place your hands interlocked behind your head 
not pulling on the head, but just placing it behind the head with your elbows facing forward. And then from that position, you'll basically look up, trying to point the elbows up to the ceiling and sticking your chest out. And so that really um, helps to extend the thoracic spine, um, which was, you know, continuously and perpetually flexed, whether you're sitting or you're nursing, it's sort of bent over. And so I'd say right after, and that's, you know, one of what Chad was saying, you know, if you fix that one thing, it helps, you know, helps the head and the neck feel better and the shoulders better. So really focusing on the thoracic spine and then you know, there's multiple other things as far as, um, you know, just picking one. We have what's called, um, what was that? Was that, did that, does that make sense, Katie? What yeah. Is? Okay, cool. Definitely, yes. So that's a mobilization of the thoracic spine that, you know, we, 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 there's a few things we call spinal hygiene, which is, you know, basically what we recommend people do every single day, multiple times a day, just to take care of their spine, much in the same way you would brush your teeth or, you know, bathe yourself you really do have to take care of your spine because we flex it so often that you need to, to turn around and, and extend it multiple times a day just to stay balanced and to stay healthy. Um, so the other thing would be um, a chin tuck. So in that same position, same starting position, um, another one of our spinal hygiene exercises is, you know, staying in an upright position and taking two fingers and placing it on the chin and then retracting the, the cervical spine. So that's the neck. And you're basically pushing the chin backwards while you keep your nose parallel to the ground. So you're just pushing straight back, basically making a double chin. And so that really helps that forward head position where you kind of have to crane that your neck forward or even look down when you're nursing or even on the computer when you're craning your neck forward. Um, that will really help to stretch the suboccipital muscles at the base of the skull and is really effective for headaches and for tension in the neck. Um, so those two exercises with any, any activity that you are having to kind of bend forward is really good for, to do essentially break, you know, breaking up that activity or right after that activity, we do it when we're kind of, well, we do the chin tucks while we're sitting in the car at a red light. Um, you know, you can just kind of fit those little, little exercises in whenever you can. Yeah, those are great ideas. And after hearing this and the more I read about sitting in general, it makes me crazy that kids have to sit still in school for so long. So in an optimal world, I wish they would incorporate some of your ideas into school, especially as they cut out recess more and more and times when kids can move. But I know a lot of the moms listening actually homeschool. So um, yeah. can we talk about can these be adapted for children? Could these be done as a family or how can these be worked in so little ones get the benefit too? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it is you would be doing your children a huge service as far as their, you know, now we know not only your musculoskeletal health, the health of their bodies, but also, you know, their physiology as far as decreasing the risk of chronic disease. I mean, there's so much I, I think that you can learn and, and make it fun doing, you know, different positions. Um, they don't have to be sitting slumped over at a desk to learn something. Um so, yeah, I mean, all these exercises that we're talking about, I mean, the majority of them can be adapted to kids and made fun. Even, like, some of them are very similar to, like, you know, animals. We call it, like, they have animal names, like bird dogs. And, you know, there's different exercises in our program that I can see could just be made really fun uh, for, for kids. So I think that um, 
just adding it into something, you know, you know, you, you think science is important, math is important. And, um, I'm not even sure exactly what, you know, people do when they homeschool as far as I'm sure they probably get up and move around a lot more than you do at, um, a, a public school. But I think that the opportunity there is huge to, to do a lot of these movements and incorporate it into, um, the fitness time or the PE time, or even just while learning other subjects. So I think it's, you know, and when they're playing, you can incorporate a lot of these different movements. They're very functional. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, another big sector of my audience is um, pregnant women. And I know from experience, you mentioned before about um, sitting can cause your hip flexors to be tight. And I had really, really long labors with my first few children. And they said it was partially because I'm a very tense person in general, but like I just had a lot of, like my pelvic muscles and my hips were very tight. And um, with my last pregnancy, I, my, my labor was 10 hours shorter than any other labor. And wow. one of the things I had done differently was incorporate things like those types of movements and even things like squats and just walking and just more movement during the day. So can we talk a little bit more about hip flexors and how um, maybe specifically to support the hip flexors or, um, you know, especially for a woman who might be pregnant. I know you guys aren't necessarily pregnancy specialists, but just what can we do to support our hip flexors? Yeah, well, I think um, the hip flexors, yes, and the hip and pelvic region in general. So you want um, I think some issues that people have even conceiving is just um, stagnation in that area. So tightness, um, lack of blood flow in that area from not moving from chronic sitting. So stretching the hip, hip flexors, yes, opening up the hip capsules themselves. So just good range of motion um, in the hips in general. So when we sit a lot, we lose our ability to extend the hips. Um, and also the pelvic floor can get tight and restricted, and it can also get very weak. Um, so weakness is also a big issue. Um, so the the deep core muscles and the hip muscles need to be strong. Um, so if you've got good good movement in the hips, good flexibility, but also strength in the pelvis and uh, in, in the pelvic floor and um, in the hip region, you're going to have a, a, an easier time with labor. Um, and even conceiving, I've known I've known some um, there be an issue at times. Just like I said, that lack of stagnation, maybe even scar tissue, maybe even tightness that is limiting people um, from conceiving as well. So, um, but specifically, uh, just a couple things I'll throw out there that is huge to improve hip mobility and a lot of those things I was saying is the womb squat. And um, people, I know people refer. Um, they call this different things, I think, like a primal position or a yogi squat. But um, we think this is one of the best exercises, not just for you know, preparing a woman's body for um, labor, but also just for, for health and longevity in general. So it's really good to improve digestion and really good to open up the hips and ankles. And so that is really getting down into a deep squat to where your hips and your, um, your buttocks are below your knees. So just sinking down into that position, um, a lot of times people will have to hold on to something at first to get their hips that low. Um, a lot of people's hips and ankles are so tight that they can't, can't get down there. But it's really like starting with your feet a little bit wider than hip, hip width apart and toes out just a little bit and dropping your, your buttocks all the way down between your knees, keeping your knees out and in line with your, the middle of your feet. 
Um, if that makes sense, Katie, does that make sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Okay. I, I can attest it. It is hard. Like you have to learn to use those muscles the right way again, but it really feels yeah. great when you get used to it. Yeah. And it can, and it's something, you know, that, um, it does it at first may seem like, Whoa. And it's, it's also, you can kind of think of babies. So you look at babies and it's so natural for them when they're playing, they can sit in that position and just, um, well, that's what they'll do. They'll squat down and they'll just be playing with a toy. Um, and they'll be in that position for forever. And that's the way that we were, you know, designed for our, our mobility to be that way for our hips to be open and for us to have that kind of um, range of motion. And then over time, just the, the, as a consequence of how we live in our society and the things that we do, um, we lose that mobility. So maintaining that mobility, um, if you imagine doing that, you know, every day or most days as you age, how much more function and how much less pain you will have. Um, we see this position in other countries where the elderly will be able to still get into this position. It's where they would cook and clean um, in uh, places like China and, and other countries. They still, ha- their elderly are still able to get into this position. And I know the majority of my patients that are in their 80s could never even close to get into this position. Um, so, and yeah, I think I was talking to somebody else on a, another podcast and he was talking about how um, some he knew some six-year-olds that couldn't get in that position just because they'd been sitting so much at desks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's a really fun position for kids. And that's something that's also really great for women that are getting ready to conceive. I would say at the, at the end stage, the last um, trimester of pregnancy, you probably don't want to get in that position too much. You want to just do that sort of like at the beginning um, and in, pre- in preparation for conceiving just to kind of open up that hip area. And then the other, um, you know, and then I'll have to include like a strength, like a strength exercise, like a plank, um, getting into like a high plank or up on the elbows really strengthens the core, uh, the glutes, and you get a good global, um, strengthening of, of all the muscles that really need to have that support back the hips, the core to have a healthy labor. So, you know, those are kind of two examples, but in in many more, also stretching the hip flexors is also a good one. But those are kind of some examples maybe for your audience to to look into. Yeah, that's great advice. I know I got to see a preview of some of your course and you have some great, really practical examples of how to actually use these and and incorporate them. Um, And obviously just not sitting as much is a good step too. Like I know um, we talked briefly about things like standing desk and treadmill desk and I know some people listening that may not, they may not have that option if they work a job where they are required to sit, but um, some people listening also do have the freedom to kind of make those choices. So obviously the movement is a huge key part of it, but if you were going to create an optimal work environment, um, what would that look like for you guys? Would it be a standing desk or a treadmill desk or no desk or um, how would you guys do it? You know, I think if it was optimal, you would have like both options. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's actually some some uh, standing desk out there, yep, there that are. you can push a button and it elevates mm-hmm. for you, so you can sit at it and then stand at it. Because either one could be a problem over time. There's like this big, huge movement towards standing desk, and I think later on we're going to be like, uh, maybe we should go back to sitting. Well, I mean, there's <laughs> you know? still the issue of adaptation there. You're yeah. still, no matter if you were doing it for six to eight hours, you're still going to start to bring your head forward as you're typing on the computer there's still going to be issues around that. So it's still a great thing. Yeah. But I think 
Um, and this is what we do, you know, we, you know, we do physical therapy part time. And then we also, you know, we also sit down and we write blogs and we do, you know, we wrote this book. So we spent a fair amount of time on the computer. And what ideal for us looks like is, you know, being able to stand, being able to sit. And then we do this concept um, that, you know, Chad can can go into more detail, but it's called grease the groove. And so Basically, which I think is amazing for concept for moms because I, you know, I'm not a mom yet. Although, you know, hopefully we'll be we'll be getting there. We have a soon. puppy. Though. We have a puppy, so which is like a year old. Yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, but we're we're getting there. Um, so yeah, the concept of grease the groove, and so you know, when we're working, we'll get up and and you know, move every 45 minutes or so, and we'll do these little these little couplets that we um, kind of talk about in our um, sitting solution book where. You know, we're doing two to four minutes of work, you know, or maybe it's five minutes, you know, six minutes, whatever we have time for in our particular area. But we've got a kettlebell, a foam roll, trigger point um, balls, and we're able to do just, you know, pack in five minutes of work and, and space them out throughout the day. And that is ideal because, you know, instead of feeling like you, you know, your head's throbbing and you've got these huge knots in your muscles and your back's killing you from, you know, focusing all day and sitting in this horrible position or standing up. You actually feel rejuvenated. You've been like, you know, you get, you get your heart pumping and you're doing that multiple times a day, um, which is, is optimal, we think. And that's kind of what we do when we're working from home and we're working um, on the computer as we get up and we use minimal equipment um, to perform some of these exercises that we talk about in our book. And um, you want to talk about grease? Grease the groove, yeah. So Does we, that make sense? Yeah, you, you, you nailed it, baby. That was good. Uh, but okay. yeah, it's, it's, it's basically just moving frequently and doing short interval workouts throughout the day for like two to four minutes and keeping that movement pattern in, in line with your body. So learning how to push pull, squat, bend, you know, and getting a good core contraction, doing those type of things for about two to four minutes, maybe even five minutes every hour, every couple hours. And just, it, it helps you reinforce what your body is supposed to be like in terms of your structure. And, you know, you're, you're still going to have that aerobic workout, strength workout kind of all in one. And then when the day is over, it's not like you have to go to the gym. You've been working out all day. And that's, that's another thing to consider is like, a lot of people have this mindset like, well, I'll just, I'll just do my thing here and go to work and sit in the office or I'll take care of the kids all day and then I'll go work out for like an hour. you know. And you have to think about what your body's been doing all day when you're stagnant in these kind of poor positions. That that's, that's what your body is really adapting to for those, those 23 hours that you're not working out as opposed to that one hour that you are. You want to do more frequent movement throughout the day using those functional movements, those patterns that you're designed to so that you maintain functional longevity throughout your life. Yeah. And I think that, you know, some people may argue, well, I don't have time to get up and, and move and that's too hard. I've got projects, I have things. And I would argue that you can't afford not to, um, as far as your long-term health and your overall well-being. And I would also say that generally speaking, when you're getting up and you're moving like that and you're getting blood flow, you actually are more creative, more productive because you're not in that stagnant position, you know, and it just sort of, it, it affects your physiology as we know, but from the research. So I'd say that it actually helps productivity um, if, you're, if you're disciplined enough to do it. Yeah, I agree. And it's a great solution because I'm sure you guys have seen the research too, but there's so much right now out there saying that um, short, intense 
body weight resistance or high intensity exercise is more beneficial even than an hour on the treadmill. And so you guys yes. are incorporating that and breaking up the sitting. So it's a win-win. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very time efficient. And, and I, you know, probably for your audience too, Katie, I have a lot of friends that are like, I just don't, that are moms, you know, that have one, two, up to four kids are like, I just don't have time to work out. And, and I'm like, you've got five minutes when baby's napping to bust something out. If you know what to do and you know how to do it and, you know, you just have to take the time to, you know, I think it's a really good concept is grease the groove for, for moms is, you know, Hey, let's just bust out a couplet in four minutes. You know, you can even watch the kids if they're content and playing and, and bust this out, you know, um, or get them involved in some way if they're a little bit older, you know? So I think it, it, it really does, uh, is a great idea for, for moms and, and, and all people really. Exactly. Yeah. Or even while you're cooking dinner, just take a break yeah. from stirring and, you know, every 30 seconds when you pop up, just stir the food and, and work it in that way. Or, um, exactly. one thing I know that I've started doing that I love, um, my doctor is a big proponent of getting outside early in the morning to get the blue light from the sun to help with your mm-hmm. adrenals. Nice. So I love, um, weather allowing getting outside right when I wake up and just doing some kind of easy movement that's not huge or strenuous or, I'm not sprinting, but, you know, just something where I'm usually like barefoot outside on the ground and moving and getting the benefits of the sun and the clean air and all that. And that's an easy one that you can do maybe before your kids even wake up. So yeah, just exactly. fitting it in like that. Yeah. And I also mentioning going back to, um, you know, hip opening great, you know, for, for those wanting to conceive or just like gentle movement. Um, there is a bonus that we have on the sitting solution called pain-free joints. And this is something I like to do. It's just a like 10 minute routine of working, um, opening up your joints from your toes all the way up to your head. And it's kind of just a, um, a sequential routine. Like I said, it's really gentle. And there's one routine that's for those that can stand and for those that can even get out of a chair. So your 90 year old grandma, if she can't get up, you know, she could do this in her chair too, but it's just another, you know, another tool that she can use to just, you know, if I don't have time in the morning to do a workout or something, I at least do joint opening, you know, from head to, from toe to head, um, on a daily basis. So just another little tool that might be helpful for some. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, And on that note, we'll have to link to it in the show notes for sure where they can find those guides. Um, And we also created a link, which is wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash sitting. And um, you mentioned you guys have a free guide of how to start incorporating these things. So that we'll make sure that that link points there and that everyone listening can get access to that and find out more about everything you guys do in your systems. Um, One question I usually ask at the end is, so for someone who's listening, who maybe is sitting all day long or who has a lot of these problems, what is the, the quick start steps? Where would you have them start and what baby steps are good to jump into this? So I would, I would start with definitely addressing the thoracic spine is that's the area that if you fix that, you fix, you make fixing everything else a lot easier. And what we mean by that is just start extending the thoracic spine, putting your hands behind your head, elbows forward, extending up and then strengthening uh, that entire area in the back that gets so weak and so elongated um, using a TheraBand. A TheraBand is a great tool, uh, but you can uh, you can purchase one on Amazon or we can provide some links for you on a lot of our YouTube videos. 
but uh, some great ways to strengthen up a lot of the muscles in the back, in the middle of the back or the low back and the shoulders that get very elongated and weak. And then generally just start incorporating some movement. Um, you know, getting up and moving every two to four minutes is a great start. Um, so you, you, pre- you could prevent that stagnation and adaptation. Perfect. Yeah, that's great advice. And um, thank you both so much for your time and for being here. And as I mentioned before, we have a link where, where people can find out more about you and get your free guide, which is wellnessmama.com forward slash go forward slash sitting. And we'll make sure that that points to um, a page where they can get the free guide and find out more about how to incorporate these systems into their lives. And thank you again, both of you for being here. And thanks to all of you so much for listening. Yeah, thanks, Katie. And one thing we uh, our sitting solution program, basically that all the concepts that we're talking about um, will launch October 13th. And so basically, it's a very in-depth book and guide on um, using a lot of the principles that we're talking about so that you can have an exercise program that for you from, you know, your nine to five job every 45 minutes. Um, we've got, um, you know, really specific programs, whether you work from home or you work in a cubicle, no matter where, you know, what kind of office space there's a program for you, whether you need a, or you don't want to use any equipment or just minimal equipment. So that is um, a sitting solution. And uh, you can find more about it at the link that Katie just gave you. Awesome. Thank you guys so much again for your time. And I think we got some great information today. And I'm definitely going to be making some changes based on your information as well. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Wellness Mama podcast, where I provide simple answers for healthier families. If you would like to get my seven simple steps for healthier families guide for free, head on over to wellnessmama.com and enter your email and I'll send it over to you right away. You can also stay in touch on social media, facebook.com forward slash endless wellness or on Twitter and Instagram at wellnessmama. And I would also really appreciate it if you would take a second and subscribe to this podcast so that you'll be notified of future episodes. And if you've ever benefited from something I talked about on this podcast, I would be really appreciative if you would leave a rating or review since that's how others are able to find this podcast and so we can help spread the message. Thanks as always for listening and for reading and for being on board with creating a future for our children that's healthier and happier. And until next time, have a healthy week.